It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. My, f- my fellow, my fellow New Yorkers, welcome. James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, with you here today. If you'd like to be part of the program... 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-WABC, numerically expressed, 800-848-9222. And there is so much on our plate as usual. If you watched the proceedings in Washington yesterday, from Joe Biden's press conference all the way through the failed vote, on so-called voter rights, which actually had nothing to do with voter rights, but had everything to do with Democrat power expansion, to the failed attempt to overturn the filibuster. It was a day of political drama, a day of political theater, and a day when Joe Biden let it be known without saying a word, just through his continence, how badly affected he is by whatever is going on in his life. There were moments when Mr. Biden was squeezing his eyes tightly shut, and you could almost see or imagine if you were looking, if you're trying to figure out what was going on, he's trying to focus. The rambling that went on in that press conference was painful to look at. It was a painful performance to look at, and of course today the aftermath is so bad that Uh, They sent out Vice President Harris to do an interview with uh, with, uh, Savannah Guthrie in which she snapped and was defensive as usual, not very pleasant person to deal with, because she wouldn't answer the questions that were being posed to her straight, and she wanted to just filibuster her way through that interview. It was unpleasant to look at. They sent Jen Psaki on Fox News now, that is a rare thing to happen. They hate Fox News with a passion. But things were so bad, they sent Jen Psaki out to Fox News to try to curtain the damage. And what damage am I talking about? The damage that the president made when basically he signaled during his press conference that a minor incursion from Russia into the sovereign nation of Ukraine would be something we could you know, deal with with less severity. It was a political blunder that an astute president, an astute leader, would not make. Joe Biden seemed lost yesterday at several points during his press conference. And he made that blunder. He also made a blunder that they're trying to clean up, that basically without the voting rights, so-called voting rights bill passed, that the upcoming elections won't be legitimate. And they're trying to clean that up today as well, too. This was a monumental failure on the part of the Democrat Party. Yesterday, I made a case, I think, forceful analysis, I believe, that what has happened to the Democrat Party is not necessarily the fault of Joe Biden, but most of the blame for where the party finds itself is because of the inept, incompetent 
leadership of Chuck Schumer as the Senate Majority Leader. And I maintain that, and I maintain you saw more of that on Parade. There's an article in Politico today, Why Schumer Picked a Filibuster Fight He Couldn't Win, and the article makes no sense in terms of real analysis. Because that is the question. Why would you pick a fight that you know you can't win? Well, he thought he could win it. Today also, ladies and gentlemen, there is in print in, in, in the Washington Post primarily and some of the other mainstream headlines, you're seeing the reaction from all of what happened yesterday. The racial animus coming from the Democrat Party, black Democrats, to the rest of America is a stunning sight to see. You have, um, there's a columnist today in the Washington Post, Philip Bump, who claims that all we're seeing is a backlash against black people. And then you have Hakeem Jeffries, who very likely will succeed or has a possibility to succeed Nancy Pelosi, basically echoing the sentiments that you Americans, we, especially Republicans, are all racist, and that's why we don't give Democrats what they want. There is no benefit of the doubt that you are given to be good people. There's no benefit of the doubt that you are given as Americans that you are moral people. There's no benefit of the doubt given that you have an intellectual intellectual or slash ideologically based opposition to what Democrats want based on exactly what it is that they want instead They castigate you instantly as you are racist, you are evil, and you are anti-black. It is they that are showing themselves to be America's biggest bigots. They believe that you, and yesterday I was stunned at the approach of Democrats, including this little minor senator we have up in Connecticut, who used his time on the Senate floor yesterday to lambaste Trump supporters, to lambaste people that came out to see Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene when she was in Connecticut, to take a whack at people that they... Yesterday's theme from many Democrats was, oh, these Trump people, they're all cultists. They're all trying to take over, and they're going to steal the election. Not it's, And they're worried because many Trump supporters and others are actually now running running in elections so that they can get involved in the electoral in the electoral process and instead of welcoming that what these democrats in the united states senate in the house of representatives are saying is that you people you those of you who actually support president trump are making an attempt to steal an election. Not that you're getting involved because you're concerned about elections. The very worst motives of everything that they can cast upon you, the worst aspersions, the worst slanders, these people feel very confident to just blurt out of their mouths with no proof, no proof to their wicked assertions at all. And they accuse you of being the worst people on the planet. You are racist. You are bigoted. You oppose them simply because in some cases they are black or because they want to vote. Now, never mind 
and Mitch McConnell kind of stepped in it today. He he tried to say something, and it came out totally wrong. That black people are vi- voting in higher numbers, as are like Americans are, like like what black people aren't Americans, Mitch. But what he was saying, the essence of what he was trying to say, was that black people are voting in high numbers, as are other Americans, as are all Americans. And so we're not seeing any evidence that people are trying to suppress black people from voting. And of course they're not. Cory Booker, Spartacus yesterday, got into a heated exchange. I believe it was with Tim Scott. I could be wrong with someone else over um, voting. And one of the things that Mr. Booker asked was, are we as Americans comfortable with seeing black people in line for for hours and hours voting, more time than white people spend in line voting. And I'm, I'm, I'm banging my head. It's like, excuse me, Spartacus, excuse me, Mr. Spartacus. You were the mayor of Newark. If black people are waiting longer in line to vote in Newark, it is not some Republican in Bergen County or Passaic County That's causing it. It is you and your party. If black people are waiting longer in line in the Bronx, New York, in Queens, New York, in Brooklyn, New York, to vote, the Democrat Party has run this political machinery for over a century. How dare you point your finger at Republicans and blame them somehow because people, your constituents, are waiting longer in line to vote. This is your responsibility. Instead of laying blame on others, take responsibility. But this goes along with everything else that many of these black officials do. They get elected, they claim they want power, and then they sit in power and point at white people and say, oh, you white people are the problem, you white people are the problem. They never bother to try to go into the neighborhoods that they claim to represent and actually fix the problems that the residents in those neighborhoods have. Instead, they point to white America and say, white America, you are the problem. You are racist because you don't want to vote for this this package that would just throw money at us. Oh, we didn't tell you that was in there. We are calling it voting rights. And you're not supposed to know that it's in there. This idea that the federal government will give us more money each election. We'll get $6 for everyone we raise from the federal government. Oh, you don't want to vote for that? You're racist. You're racist. You're racist. It is pathetic that in this century, after we have had, America has had elected, which no other major world power has done. We have had Obama, in, we had Obama in office for two terms, not just one. We have black elected officials all over this country, and many of them in prosecutorial offices are doing their best. Today we had another one in Fulton County, which is the Atlanta suburb area, trying to attack Donald Trump, just like this woman that calls herself the state attorney in New York, Letitia James, has done, just just engage in political witch hunts against their opponents. And just like this Alvin Bragg is doing, claiming to represent the people, 
of Manhattan while letting criminals out on the street to prey on the very people that he's supposed to be protecting. Instead, they all point their fingers somewhere else. They all point their fingers at white people and say, you white people are the problem. These people are racist. And it's time to stop just talking about racism in terms of what white people are. Let's talk about these black racists. They are racist. They see everything through a lens of racism. They attack people on the basis of their race, not on the basis of what is really in legislation. And they point that finger at all of us in society and say, unless when we say something, you better go along with us. You better say yes. Because if you don't say yes, we're going to call you the most vile name we can come up with and march around society and declare all of you evil, racist human beings. It is they that are the race problem in America. Hakeem Jeffries, you are the race problem in America. Cory Booker, you are the race problem in America. Maxine Waters, you are the race problem in America. Maxine Waters and others are now attacking Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. They are racist. They don't care about black people. That's what this head of the Black Caucus said. Well, hell, Black Caucus, what have you done for black people over the last 50 years except run your mouth, accuse everybody else of being racist? What have you done with the power that is granted you to change the lives of black people in a substantial way? What have you done with your power? You sit and you call everyone else racist, racist, racist. That is what you do. You do nothing to change the lives of Americans for the better. You do nothing to advance the cause of our country. You sit on the sidelines. You demean her citizens. You demean people of goodwill who have nothing against you. And it is time that many of you face people that actually want to help instead of to hurt this country and hurt your fellow citizens. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bersonelli. We are coming back right after this. Baby, you don't know what it's like To love somebody To love somebody The way I love you Amen to that. Okay, so let me get let me get into this um, because, look, folks, I, I have over the the past fifty years, I guess, since I've been in radio, I've been blessed to go all around this country to meet people from many walks of life, to meet so many Americans, and I mean Americans of every single racial, ethnic group there are, gender, whatever. I met so many people over the years. Democrats, Republicans, independents. I met hardcore Republicans. And I have, in the course of my travels, in the course of talking with many people, I've come across a few people that have expressed racial animus. I mean, you heard the other day, some guy called here and called me a stinking nigger on the air. And it's, you know, it didn't bother me because it's these people, he sounded drunk, number one. And it was, and it was, um, and, and, and because there are people in the world that are just sick. And they need our prayers and they need our help. But here's what I believe about America. I believe that America, from coast to coast, even liberals, 
I think Americans are good people. Our differences with liberals, I believe, are mostly policy differences. At the end of the day, I believe that most liberals, and I'm not talking about elected liberals, I am talking about the people going about their lives, working, coming home to their families, in their communities. I think that most liberals want what most conservatives want. We want a safe space for our children to grow up in, a safe country. We want to live in neighborhoods that are relatively crime-free. We want to live in places where our kids can become fully educated, meaning that they can learn to think for themselves, take care of themselves, and then have access to a system where their work will yield prosperity so that they can have a prosperous future and take care of themselves. We want to have freedom to choose to uh, practice religion or whatever spiritual uh, path that we are on in freedom. And we want to have a, neighbor, a, a country where people are respected and where people respect us and they leave us alone to live our lives. And I think that most liberals in this country, despite the wackadoodle legislation that they put up, despite the wackadoodle rationale that they give us for, for, for their support of socialism, I think most people, when it comes down, when you talk to them, that's what they want, whether they know how to get there or not. And again, I'm not talking about the political class. I'm talking about rank and file, your average American citizen. Now, Republicans, I have met so many Republican people, people that, and I'm talking about moderates, I'm talking about rhinos, I'm talking about um, uh, just Republicans over the years. These are good people. These people believe in America. Yeah, they wave their flags because they love their country. They love other human beings. They don't hate black people. They don't want to suppress anything that black people do. What they don't want is to be bullied in their own lives with things like critical race theory that teaches them that they should teach their kids that their kids are inherently evil. But they don't, they want most people, especially if they come from a background of a belief in God, <clears throat> want other people to be treated well, and they want to be treated well too. They want the best for everybody. And they don't care what someone's color is. They don't care whether they are from some ethnic group or not, or whence they came or their history. These are good people. The American people are a good people. We are inherently a good people. Yes, we have many criminals among us. Yes, we have an immoral class now that has nothing to do with God, that is out to destroy, loot, pillage, rape, murder, and the rest of it, and it's a shame that Democrat and liberal district attorneys will not prosecute these people and keep them away so we can have a safe society. But again, that is the political class. The rank-and-file Americans do not want this behavior among us. And I will tell you what, I am willing to sit here and say that 99.9% of white Americans 
do not want to see black people have their vote suppressed or anything else like that. Yet, yet, in the aftermath of yesterday's vote, black Democrats are quote-unquote warning that we are returning to an era of Jim Crow, which, by the way, the Democrat Party ran in America. It had nothing to do with Republicans. If they don't vote, that's evil. This is what Joyce Beatty of Ohio, the chairwoman of the Congressional Black Caucus, said. And we want America to know they are cooperating with evil. This woman is a racist. And her her intellect, such as it were, is so is so dismal that I don't even know how she gets elected to Congress, let alone to head the Black Caucus. If this is all you can come up with, this intellectual laziness, this defamation of your fellow American citizens, we're asking them to do their job because our democracy cannot be filibustered. The right to vote cannot be filibustered. Look. Why don't you start by putting up legitimate legislation, not legislation that benefits your party like we can't read? When you put in legislation that says we want to give convicted felons the right to vote, well, there are people who have legitimate argument against that. You may think it's okay, but everyone else doesn't have to agree with you, and everyone else is not a racist if they don't agree with you. When you put in legislation that says you're going to increase the amount of money that federal government give elected politicians in campaigns, $6 to everyone that they raise, there are people who legitimately say that's not a good idea. We are opposed to it. You are not racist if you are opposed to it. When you say in a legislation that you want to weaken voter ID laws in states where they have strong voter ID laws, there are people when, who, who look at this and say, no, we want strong voter ID laws. 80% of the country wants strong voter ID laws. You are not racist because you oppose voter ID laws. And you black people in the Congressional Black Caucus, you are either intellectually incompetent or intellectually lazy to keep ascribing opposition to your plans as racist. You are the racist. Your fellow Americans are not racist. It is you that are the racist. Hakeem Jeffries, your fellow New Yorkers are not racist if they oppose you. You are the racist. Stop looking at everything through this narrow prism of race. The rest of America has moved on from that, my man. Join us in a new century. Stop pretending that you live in the antebellum South, which you Democrats ran anyway. Perry Bacon, Washington Post, an anti-black bash glass with no end in sight. And here we go again with this Jim Crow crap. The post-Civil War amendments to the Constitution were in many ways undone by Jim Crow. Well, who were they undone by? Woodrow Wilson, your Democrat president. Why don't you call that out if you even know the facts, Mr. Bacon? And then he keeps... This backlash to black political power is not just coming from the right. 
A more prominent black left that forcefully challenged the U.S. establishment has unsettled many white moderate Democrats, too. So, you see, it's not just Republicans that are racist. It's white moderates that are racist. Anybody that opposes the crap that was bill, never mind the legitimacy of your opposition, you are racist, according to these black columnists that the Washington Post picks up. Hey, Washington Post, there are other black people in America with other views. Why don't you try to find one sometime and print it instead of always subjecting us to this black racist crap? James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. We're coming back in a minute. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno, he's your numero uno. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. James Golden with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. What a way to start off the new year. I haven't heard this Caribbean Queen brings us back. You know, the DNC, the Democrat National Con- uh, uh, Committee, they are ticked. And what they're saying is, that this that there's no they're not getting any input. They don't have a chance to weigh in on the messaging that the Democrats are dealing with right now, and they're in a tough spot coming up to the uh, twenty twenty two elections. And if you think their feeling of doom is happening now, you just wait. I mean, every week it seems that Democrats are getting more and more behind the eight ball. I think the number is now up to twenty eight Democrats that have said they're not running. And there's a 29th Democrat that could be in a little trouble. The FBI was spotted outside of Democrat Representative Henry uh, Henry Cellular's house. He's over in Texas. Now, what makes this interesting for me is that Henry Cellular has been very vocal about the border and what is not happening from his party to control the border. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, here comes to the critic, the Democrat Party critic of Joe Biden. Guess who's swarming outside his house and his campaign headquarters? Well, the FBI. Isn't that just dandy? By the way, Mr. Z is in the news as well. Uh, Mr. Z, we're talking about Jay-Z here. Mr. Z has joined forces with a host of musicians in an effort to bring an end to lyrics being used against rappers in New York courtrooms. They're calling it 
the rap music on trial bill. And pretty much what they want, they want an end to when these rappers are brought on, are brought to trial for all sorts of atrocities that they commit. They don't want the prosecution to be able to go back and look in their lyrics for evidence of what their intent was. Now, that's an interesting issue to me. I don't know where I stand on this, because what they're saying is, look, our stuff is art, a creative form of self-expression and entertainment like any other genre. We want the words to be recognized as art rather than being weaponized to get convictions in court. But here's my problem with this, Mr. Z. If you're putting in your so-called art how you want to kill this person, kill that person, rob, rape, murder this, do that to this society, and otherwise be a common thug in their duel, then why shouldn't the prosecutors be able to point to this when you actually go out in real life and do rape, murder, and whatever other atrocities you're committing on, a, on society? So, again, I haven't made up my mind and said, yeah, you know, this, I don't know. This is an interesting dilemma to me, but Mr. Z is certainly uh, putting his foot forward to say that this should not happen, that prosecutors should not be able to use the words of rappers and what they put in their music against them after they commit or are alleged to have committed crimes. I wonder where Mr. Alvin Bragg stands on that. Mr. Let Him Go. Rich, let's go to the phone. Speaking of going, uh, where do we start today? All right. Good afternoon, James. Let us begin in Brooklyn and speak with Andrea. Andrea, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden. Thank you. It's very nice to speak with you. Um, I, I wanted to make the point that the January 6th commission that Nancy Pelosi set up or her people set up um, should not is not doesn't have the right uh, standing. Um, they should they should have appointed an independent commission, and I want to illustrate that by contrasting it with the Jelaine Maxwell trial. Um, she is her, her lawyers are calling for a retrial because it came out allegedly that one of the jurors in her original trial had a history of some kind of sexual abuse or some kind of abuse, and that that's enough to make them an un unqualified um, un, uh, juror, juror. Or not yes, juror, juror. And a, uh, certainly a judge, if they had that history, would probably be expected to recuse themselves also. But here we have a committee of members of Congress that have, are all victims. They are all people that were um, sent into hiding when the January 6th uh, events happened. And from their point of view, they are victims. They're not qualified to be an impartial um, investigator of this whole thing that happened on January 6th. They're just not qualified. I'm sure they're nice people. I'm sure they, they're intelligent people, but they are not, they are uh, by definition prejudiced. Whether you know, Andrea, you, <clears throat> you raise a fundamental point of justice here, and you're absolutely right. I would just disagree with you. I'm not so sure all of them are nice people. When I look at the Trump hate that has spewed from members of this committee, including from their chairman, it is clear that they have an axe to grind against Donald Trump. If you look at the people that they're choosing now to try to subpoena, including our very own Rudy Giuliani and including today Ivanka Trump, if you look at what they're trying to do, they're running this thing like it's a political kangaroo court. And um, <clears throat> and you look at they threw Republicans off the committee that they thought would actually or who were recommended for the committee who would actually come up with a strong, quote unquote, defense 
for an, or at least give a contrasting point of view. For instance, people that would demand to see Nancy Pelosi's record and understand what sort of security she had in place. Well, that's not going to happen. This is a political kangaroo court. And what you've just done is illustrate one of the basic issues of fairness. This is a victim of a case than saying, oh, we're going to try the case, even though we're the victims. And you're absolutely right, Andrea. It shouldn't be allowed to stand. This is a phony witch hunt. And hopefully in time it will be regarded as nothing more than a partisan exercise. Thank you for the call. Where are we going next, Rich? Where we'll head over to Passaic, New Jersey, and say hi to Mike. Hi, Mike. Welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77. Hey, James. Thanks for taking the call. I just wanted to comment on your opening statements about the, the voter suppression for black people and how Cory Booker mentioned that they have to stand in line for so long. Everybody does, but isn't that the answer right in your face? If they're standing in line, who's suppressing them? Who's suppressing anybody if they're standing in line to vote? It doesn't make any sense. You know, thank you, Mike, for pointing out something that is, as you say, is right in our face to look at. And this is what Mitch McConnell tried to articulate very poorly today, that black people are coming out and voting. Nobody's suppressing the black vote. And Cory Booker and the rest of these Democrats, I'm telling you, I am just so sick of them looking at America and calling white Americans and every American that doesn't agree with black Democrats racist. They are the race problem in America. It is their perception of their fellow Americans, this willingness to denigrate the wonderful citizens of this country that is the problem. They carry it over into everything. They carry it into the classroom. You have 242 failing schools in New York, and rather than these black so-called elected officials like Hakeem Jeffries addressing that, he sits and he wags his finger and tells white Americans, you're the problem. No, Hakeem Jeffries, you are the problem. Because you and the rest of this so-called Congressional Black Caucus are doing nothing to solve the problems that black Americans face in this country. Instead, you deflect and you defame. You deflect the blame elsewhere and you defame your fellow countrymen and women who are good people you are the problem in america james golden aka bo snurley we're coming back more of your calls after this welcome to the golden age of radio james golden aka bo snurley is on 77 wabc W-A-B-C, Talk Radio 77. Talk about being driven insane. Nice. Is that place to men, Rich? Of course it is. You know it. Yeah, baby. Even our own Lydia Serrano is in there singing. Love it, man. You know, um, hey, Rich, let me ask you a question. You bet. 
When you were a kid, did when you went on these school trips, remember when they used to take you on school trips? Did they ever pile you in the school bus and take you over to the American Museum of Natural History? Absolutely. Loved it. Yeah, I used to like that school trip, too. I bet you every school kid in a certain age group has gone to the American Museum of Natural History. Well, last night, uh, they removed the, the statue of Teddy Roosevelt from in front of it. Now, Teddy Roosevelt was one of the founders of the museum, his father <clears throat> was, um, and there was a statue of him that the equestrian statue of Theodore Roosevelt. Now, this statue featured Teddy Roosevelt on a horse. Behind him on one side was a nameless African guy and then a Native uh, American guy on foot behind him. And the museum has said for ages, look, this is a, this is a problem we can't have. We can't have this. We can't have this. We can't have Teddy on the horse and have the black guy and the Native American guy on his side. So last night, in the middle of the night, they just went in and took the thing out. Uh, again, this is one of those where I, you know, look, I, I looked at the picture of it and I was like, hmm, that doesn't look so good. <laughs> That's not a good look. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I tell you one thing. I, uh, statues of Thomas Jefferson have been removed. There's a fight over a statue of Abraham Lincoln going on. There's. You know, some of these, of course, the, the, these Confederate guys are all having their statues taken down. Part of me, the, I'm of two minds of this. I understand how people can be offended by imagery, and I get that. You know, for instance, if there were like Nazi imagery hanging around Germany right now, I'm, or even in this country, we'd be like, get that crap out of my face, right? So I get that, but part of me... When you go in the Capitol and you're not doing an incursion or you're not or insurrection, I'm sorry. One of the first things if you've ever if you've ever visited the Capitol, when you go inside, one of the things that I guarantee will blow you away if you've never been there before is all of the art depicting Native Americans. Because when this Capitol was built, when America was this was this is this was a very, very prescient part of what was going on with American life then. The relationship between the people that would become Americans and Native Americans. And those statues are all over an artwork all over the Capitol. And they're stunningly beautiful to look at, some of them. So, I don't know, part of me says, you know, we should really be careful about throwing our history away where people can't see it. And then there is a part of me that understands, look, some of this stuff you look at and you say, yeah, that doesn't look right. So I don't know. I, that that statue, I don't know. But it's gone. So someone made the decision to get rid of it, and it is now gone. Let's head back to the telephones. Where are we going, Rich? Uh, let us begin again in New York and say hi to Angelita. Angelita, what a beautiful name, Angelita. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I wanted to comment on yesterday's show when you yes. talked about the peanuts and kids in the school system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. although I agree with you mostly on everything and listen to you on a regular basis, I kind of felt you had a little bit of a strong opinion on that. So I wanted to give you my perspective being a mom of a child who has many allergies. I would love and to have that it. Is, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. So that is 
we do not, as moms with those kinds of kids, have a lot of resources in school. They're, they cannot participate in the food lunch programs because everything has some trace of something or pizza, cupcakes, common foods for most kids, kids with these allergies cannot have. And the problem with peanut is it's not so simple to say stay away from those kids who are having a peanut butter sandwich because it becomes airborne or it becomes contact on a desk and the child may pass by and touch it. Or the kids are always on top of each other, COVID aside, and so they become in contact with another child who has it on their breath or body or mouth or, you know, kids don't always wipe their mouths clean either. So the problem is not to just say, why don't you just stay away and allow everyone to be able to have their freedom to eat and choose whatever they want, because it does become a life or death situation for allergy kid. And like I said, kids in that perspective do not have a lot of things available to them in preparing their lunch and their dinner. You go to Panera, they can know my, my child can only have a bagel, and that is it. Nothing else there is available to him. And that's the way it is in most places, fast food places. Go to Burger King, he can only have nuggets there. And so it's a two-sided issue. And parents with allergy kids are sensitive to those who have the limitations and we do feel guilty that our child is causing a problem for a birth oh, or for another child. We do feel badly about that. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but geez. I do think that every child has a right to being in a classroom and being safe. And if my son has to have an EpiPen and be stressed out about that, and me as a parent have to be worried, I think some allowances have to be made. That Angelita, you have schooled me. Angelita. Consider me schooled, Angelita. You have schooled me. Thank you. I had no idea that, you know, when you said airborne, I said, what are you talking, airborne? Really? I never considered that a peanut butter and jelly sandwich sitting at a desk could have peanut particles floating in the air and affect a kid that's away. I didn't know. And so ignorance. I plead ignorance, and I thank you for schooling me on this, Angelita, and thank you for sharing that with the audience. And also the fact that you shouldn't feel guilty about protecting your child, and thank you for being such a great mom. You know, thank you. Your child must really, your child is lucky to have you. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurly with you. Where do we go next, Rich? We will stay right here in Manhattan and say hi to Kay. Hi, Kay. Welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. Hello, um, I I wanted to talk about um, about Biden's speech yesterday. I feel like I feel I think he's a very mean person, my, my opinion. But I also feel like he opened the floodgates to all of this illegitimacy that he says could take place in this coming election. Now you know, in the coming election. They're, the, the Democrats are going to are, they're, they're going to get squashed, and bringing this up that this is probably an illegitimate election. Look at what he look what he created with Cory Booker and Jeffries, and and the part of it that is troubling to me and is the border, because now we have millions of more. People. Some of those people coming over the border come from violent countries with high homicide rates. We have more people who are unemployed. 
weak-minded, and they will be told they're affected, and we know this. We know this. Well, I got news for you, Kay. I'm not so much worried, but, yeah, you're right about people coming over the border from violent countries. I'm more worried. I'm just as worried about people coming from over the border of Chicago, people from coming coming over the border of Queens and Brooklyn, people of coming over the border of Detroit, people of coming over the border of San Francisco, people of coming over the border of Los Angeles, where we have this rampant violence that's going on, and and then we have these prosecutors that refuse, like our very own Alvin Bragg here, to prosecute people that are engaged in preying on other citizens. So you're absolutely right. And this, I said it the other day, and thank you for giving me a chance to say it again. Democrats are openly pouring gasoline on America's racial wounds, and they are trying to ignite it into a fire that will burn through this country. They are not giving their fellow citizens the benefit of the doubt as being good people. They are accusing anyone that doesn't believe as they believe on matters of policy of being racist and being mean and evil. And these are their words. They said them yesterday. And now they're not just content to call Republicans that, although they've been doing it all week. Now they're even calling their own. They're calling Joe Manchin and, and Kirsten Cinema. They're accusing them of not caring about black people and being racist. They are openly pouring gasoline on America's racial wounds. They should be ashamed that this is what they call leadership. It is not leadership. They are actively denigrating the people, the great people of this United States. They are actively denigrating their ancestors who worked so hard to bring us to the point that we could have racial advancement in this country that most countries would never even dream of, given the relative short time in history that it has been since Jim Crow was in place. Instead of celebrating America and Americans for being good people who are willing to want the best for other Americans, all they are doing is trying to trample over who Americans are. They are actively pouring their own insipid, hate-filled gasoline into the American public and trying to light a match. And they should be ashamed of themselves. This Democrat Party is a threat to American peace and security. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdy. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow. New York strong. We are New York. We are the greatest city in the world. We have our challenges, and we need to rise up to them. And this is America, the greatest people, the greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed. God bless God love, God protect each and every one of you and your families. Back tomorrow, here on WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Bye.